This episode of Finding Demo Surf Fishing is being brought to you by DS Custom Tackle. DSCustomTackle.com's got you covered for all your needs of any kind of floats, hooks, swivels, jigs. It's got a whole bunch of great things in there. And it's not just for Delaware. No, it covers you up and down the East Coast and West Coast. DSCustomTackle.com. Get your order in today. You won't be sorry. episode hell new month coming off a little bit of a break there huh yeah i decided to take the month of july off had some stuff to take care of and uh it was needed man it really was i didn't think it was as uh crazy as it had been but yeah sure enough it was definitely something that had to happen but hey appreciate you all with the patience on that i really do i know uh it's not not fun every friday you weren't getting new episodes i'm sorry man i'm sorry but hey we're back into the game now that's for sure and this week man it's it's gonna be a good one i really think it will and uh i hope you're gonna be pleasantly surprised because we're traveling out west and uh yeah it's it's not gonna be a bad thing not even a little so you guys know me (laughs) i uh I do a little research on how I find my guests, and, you know, it's just kind of an internet search. And then sometimes it's those nights where you're sitting on TikTok, and all of a sudden you see something like, huh, that's really cool. I wonder who this is. Well, our uh, coming guest tonight, (laughs) Captain Dave Hansen, yeah, he's one of those guys that, uh, I mean, I'd heard of a little bit, but not in the level that other people have, uh, I've talked to since mentioning I was going to have him on my show. They've been like, you're an idiot. How do you not know who this guy is? He's like the king of the West Coast. He's been giving knowledge for years. What are you doing? And it was like, huh, I guess I should probably do a little bit more homework. And I did. And sure enough, uh, yeah, I learned an absolute butt ton. So tonight we are talking with Captain Dave Hansen, your saltwater guide. You can find him on all social media platforms this way. Facebook, Instagram. Uh, Instagram's a little different. Your Saltwater Guide 62. It will be hyperlinked back on the website and on the page. So you can find it there. YouTube, all of it there. TikTok. And also with that, if you didn't know this, he's got a great podcast as well. Lots of cool knowledge coming out of the West Coast and beyond. So you guys are in for a treat because I know I'm going to get my uh, my teeth kicked in here with all the knowledge that I'm about to get. So without further ado, Captain, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me. I'm super excited. I'm just hanging out here at my house in Cabo San Lucas, Mexico. It's about 100 degrees right now. Sun's just about to set. Yeah, let's do this. Yeah, you got some weather. I mean, I've, I've seen some great posts out of Cabo lately, some roosters coming in. Jeez, uh, what was the other couple? I mean, just off the shore. People have just been crushing it in the surf. Oh, it's we're in the middle of a big El Nino, big El Nino push coming to Southern California, and we're getting the benefit of it down here. We got 87, 88 degree water. It's July, what is it, the 5th, the day after the 4th of July. The water's already 87. I can't even imagine what it's going to be like down here in August. It's crazy right now. All right, you're going to have quite the turn, that's for sure. And that's great because the tourist season is going to keep coming, and people are just going to be rocking it and getting good fish. So yeah, it's, maybe it's going to be a super year for you guys. Oh, I think it is. I think it's going to be a super year in Southern California. Things are just getting ready to start up there. I mean, they've had the bluefin, and that's basically where my I fish at. All my members, everybody that I work with, all the people that I teach, it's all Southern California. My father started up in uh, San Clemente, California. He he hasn't been doing. He didn't do it that long. He just started in 1947, 
And uh, he went on to have a stellar career that lasted 70 years. And we just lost him last year. But they named Dana Point Harbor after my father because he had the very first business in the harbor. He moved his sport fishing operation to Dana Point in 1971. Before that, he had it off the end of the San Clemente Pier. You guys on the East Coast and in uh, Gulf of Mexico, you guys call them head boats. Out here on the West Coast, we call them sport boats. And my dad, my dad was able to grab and put together a fleet in by the time he was done, he had nine boats in his fleet and another nine running out of his landing in Dana Point. So he did pretty well for himself yeah. for a guy that started cart and fish off the end of the San Clemente Pier for a quarter of a wagon load in 1938. He did pretty good. Yeah, I think he won. <laughs> cool. Yeah, he did okay. <laughs> well, that's cool. I didn't know that they named the, uh, the Marine after him. I mean, I've, I've, yeah, when you- it's a big one, too. Yeah, when you pull into the harbor in Dana Point, on the right-hand side as you're driving in the harbor, there's a great big sign that says Don Hanson Memorial Harbor. It's pretty cool. It It's hard to not have a tear drop out of your eye when you see that. Yeah, I can imagine. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to hear about him passing. It sucks. It's never fun to lose a parent, that's for sure. And I'm glad that you uh, – you, I know you're going to tell us about it here, and I read it on your About You page. I mean, you spent – years cutting your teeth learning there from the beginning so i don't i don't want to try to take any of your time on the story there but yeah you you've you got a lot of time with him and i think that's awesome that's not really good oh it was incredible i grew up on the boats i remember going out my very first time with my dad my mom put my shoes on i can remember it right now i'm 62 years old and i remember i was three years old and I remember my mom putting my shoes on, sitting on the counter in our house, telling me we were going to go out on the boat with my dad. I didn't know what a boat was. I didn't know what a pier was. But we were going to the pier to go out with my dad on the boat. And I was like, I don't care. I'm going with my dad. That's all that mattered. And then that was it. Once I saw that whole thing, three years old, I knew what I wanted to do. <laughs> I wanted to be a boat captain because that's what my dad did. And look at, and you did it with more, with so much more. You, you were a hundred ton captain, and that's that's in itself is huge. I just learned a lot more about that recently when my brother just graduated from the Merchant Marine Academy. So I've been learning about different tonnages and Coast Guard licenses, and I'm like, man, anybody that's get these big licenses, y'all are impressive. That's a lot of knowledge that you've had to put down on paper. So big. Thank kudos you to very you, much. Sir. I appreciate that. Thank you. Well, yeah, I got lucky growing up in the business. Luck, skill? Sure. I don't know. That's, that's, on, that's on the skill button. But All right. I don't want to take your story here, so let's do this. So uh, without going into the website, tell us your story. What got you into fishing besides the part you just nailed with mom and taking you on the shoes and getting you on the dad's boat? Well, what happened was when they took me down to the pier when I was a little boy and meet my dad and all that, and then understanding as I was growing up on the San Clemente Pier. It was a different world back then. And my dad's fishing boats ran off the end of the San Clemente Pier. There was there was no harbors. There was a harbor in Oceanside and there was a harbor in Newport, but in the middle where Dana Point is, San Clemente, Camp Pendleton, all that stuff, there was no harbors back then. It was the San Clemente Pier and the boats tied up at, on uh, mooring balls off the end of the San Clemente Pier. And going down there as a little boy, and seeing the operation and them renting the fishing poles and the boats actually pulling up to the pier and tying up alongside the pier. And as the waves would come in, the boats would slam into the side of the pier. The whole pier would shake. It was just like, as a little kid, it was, I don't know. It can't, it was Shangri-La, I think for me, 
it was like it. And my dad was the guy. So all my friends, little kids on the pier, it was all cool because we all loved to fish with our little drop lines, catching perch and smelt and stuff like that. But then to have your father pull in while you're fishing with all your little friends on the pier and him being the captain and him being the owner of the operation, I tell you, it was a pretty cool thing as a little kid. But one thing my dad did never promise that he would never do, I'm sure is what he told all the guys that worked for him, but he was never, ever going to let me wander around with a silver spoon hanging out of my mouth. So he made me work from when I was 13 years old, working in the office, renting the rods and cleaning the fishing poles and doing all that stuff. And then when I was 14, I got to go out on the boat for my first time and be be the deckhand, which basically I was in the way. And then at the end of the day, you get to clean the boat, wander around and try to learn and try to understand. And then back in those days, we'd catch 15, 1600 fish on a trip per day and then have to clean them all at the end of the day. And as a little kid, that was, uh, it, like I say, it was Shangri-La. It was, there was nothing better. There was, it was my whole world. My mom used to write, your mom, I don't know your mom, but my mom, when we were little kids, they write down, what do you want to be when you grow up? And ever since I was in first grade, every year, what do you want to be when you grow up? My friends would say, fireman, policeman. I was boat captain, period. That was all I wanted to do. Fishing boat captain, fishing boat captain. And then uh, I remember when I was 15 years old, I got my first job as a deckhand, second deck on a boat in the summertime, and that was it. I made it. I was the big time. I was getting uh, $14 a day plus tips, fish cleaning money. And for a little kid back then, that was a big deal. That was a long time. That was 1975, 74. That was a big bunch of money for a little kid. It was all cash at the end of the day. It was so cool. And but all I wanted to do when we were on the dock was go out fishing. So what we would do on the pier or on the dock when we were not fishing, we would fish, wait for the boat to go out, fish till it went out again. And then uh, it went from there. We were in Dana Point Harbor running the boats out of the harbor. And then uh, a bunch of crazy stuff happened in school and they wouldn't let me go to school anymore. And that's a whole different story. That would be a whole different X-rated thing or something. But <laughs> we'll just say, by the time I was 16, I wasn't allowed to go to school in the state of California. And so my dad said, you can either go to school in Arizona or you can go to work on the boats full time. Thank goodness I picked work on the boats full time. And I've been working on boats full time since I was 16 years old and I'm 62 now. And basically what's happened in the last year and a half because of my social media presence and my website and everything else, I've been able to basically retire and do whatever me and my wife want. But for the for the first 44 years of my career, I fished every single day, 18 hours a day, seven days a week in the summer. And probably, we fished probably 250 days a year for the last 44 years. Jeez. And that's 44 years of cutting your teeth from all aspects, too. I mean, you started at the bottom on the deck end, you know, all the facets and learned all the business pieces and just created so much more. And then with the bloom and the technological craziness and all the dot com boom, you harnessed it and showed even better ways to get better. And that's brilliant and well done to be able to make stay ahead of that curb and you've helped mil i mean countless let's just call it countless because i could say millions but you've helped so many with the website and i know we're going to get into that one here in a bit but yeah you really pushed yourself and you made this i mean i 
could you ever imagine looking back that holy crap, this is where it got to? No, not even. You know, I wanted to think outside the box since I was young. I always wanted to be outside the box, and I I got sober when I was uh, twenty eight and a half years old, and that's when really that's when the whole entrepreneur thing started, and that's when the whole there's got to be a better way. There's got to be a softer way, a kinder way to run about this whole sport fishing thing. Because growing up in the industry, like I did, if you were not on the inside, you were way on the outside. We wouldn't let you in. We wouldn't share any information with you. If you got caught sharing information, you pretty much not going to get any more information. It was a dog eat dog cutthroat type of thing. And uh, probably by the time I turned 30, I was like, there's, too many people with private boats that what we used to say was the, and I, I, it's hard for me to even say the words, but growing up in the industry and being in the industry, when we would see the private boaters, we basically thought you guys were a bunch of idiots because we were the Kings. We, we had all the information. We had all the bait. We had all the spots. And then you guys, we would fi figured the reason why you fished around us because you followed us all the time because you didn't know what to do. So we figured, and then I had an epiphany when I got sober and I stood on the side of the dock and I was like, wait a minute, you can't be an idiot and own a boat. It costs way too much money. You got to be pretty <laughs> smart. You got to be pretty smart. I'm like, wait a minute. Maybe I have, maybe I'm onto something here. Maybe I go with you on your boat and teach you how to fish on your boat the way we've been doing on the sport boats. Maybe that's something different. So I started that. Oh, I started with uh, a production company in 1987, 88, 89, 80, 89, 90. And we put together how-to videos on VHS tape. And we gave you the fishing spots and how to fish them in Southern California, the Channel Islands, Catalina, San Clemente Island. And this was in 89, 90. VHS tapes, a lot of you are going, what in the heck is he talking about? That's kind of how we did it. And we had VCRs. If you wanted to watch one of these, you had to buy it and put it in your VCR and watch it and write down the notes. You couldn't couldn't put it in your phone, take it with you. And that was the beginning of my business where I would go with you on your boat, teach you how to fish on your boat, and no one had ever done it before. And if you say you did, well, nobody knew about it. So I, you probably didn't work very much. And we started doing that. I didn't know what to do. I had no idea. No one had ever done it before, but I thought, man, if I could just go out with these people on their boats and show them what we know, it's going to change what they catch. And the industry thought I was a sellout and the inside, they, they were pretty pissed at me. They were pretty upset. They were pretty upset. You're Dave, you're giving away all the stuff. I'm like, I ain't giving nothing away, dude. I'm selling it. <laughs> 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 that's business right there i mean either either become more or less but a more is better right so that was kind of the beginning of this whole thing so Man. it got it got really really good for a very very long time it allowed me to have a really cool lifestyle and and i got to meet a ton of super humans really really good humans going out with them on their boats and teaching them how to fish on their boats and it got, it was fun. I had a blast. Don't get me wrong. It was the most coolest thing I'd ever done. And now there's a bunch of copycatters nowadays, but back then there was nobody doing it. It was, you either figured it out on your own or Captain Dave went with you. 
<laughs> I choose the latter, personally. If you can show me the way to learn, yeah. I'll, I'll take the master class any day of the week and twice on Sunday to become better. And you know what the funny thing was is really, honestly, we didn't know what to charge. I didn't know anything. I, You already heard my beginning of my story. I basically didn't go to school. I didn't have a lot of education as far as business goes. I had zero. It, and I remember back in the day when I started this, if you made a hundred bucks a day driving a sport boat with a hundred people's lives in your hands for 20 hours a day, you were making a bunch of money. And I was like, how do, what, what do I charge? And I thought, maybe I'll charge them $200. Let's see if anybody bites. And there was no internet. There was nowhere to put your wares. I, there was two newspaper magazine type deals, but they were ba basically newspapers that would come out every week. One was the Western Outdoor News and one was the Log Magazine. And they were both paper. They weren't real magazines. But that's where I put my ads in the very beginning because I didn't have any money. I didn't really know anything about marketing, but I said, hey, Captain Dave will go with you on your boat and teach you how to fish. And I'll be go to heck if the phone didn't start ringing. <laughs> oh, and it works. See, that's the best thing. You never, once you never know, you go high, and if somebody bites, all right. And if it gets too busy, I mean, just add the, hey, all right, I need to increase my price then because apparently this is a good commodity. Yeah, and and my <clears throat> at the time my girlfriend, she was the head of marketing for Verizon, and she was listening to the phone calls all the time because she was business. I wasn't. She was like. All right, honey, listen, you need to raise your prices. Yeah. I was like, what? Excuse me? No, I'm working every day. I don't want to. <laughs> no. She goes, no, I listen. Nobody says no. I'm like, okay, that's good, right? She goes, no. We got to figure out when they'll say no. You're not there yet. You got to raise the prices. I was like, "You what? Huh? <laughs> that didn't make sense to my silly old man, but... But I started listening and paying attention, and then, oh, it just got better and better, and things got better and better. And I'm not like, I'm not the greatest fisherman in the world. I'm not the greatest marketer in the world. I just did something that no one else was willing to do go with other people on their boats and teach them how to fish. And it was the beginning of the company that I have now, which is called Your Saltwater Guide. I'm almost impossible to not see if you go on social media at all. I am on there on every platform and we get millions and millions of views a month. We've been at, we've been as high as uh, 70 million views a month and we've been as low as uh, 12 views a month. But right now we're staying at right about 30 million views a month across social media, which is pretty unbelievable. That is, that's a, just uh, goes to show again, another plug on it <laughs> just goes to show all your hard work has brought you to that point And, that's it, just phenomenal, sir. Well done. All the way across, well done. Thank you. Yeah, it's crazy, right? Yes, sir. Well, hey, it's 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 perfect. That's what it is. It's just perfect. Well, you've, you've, well, thank you very, very much. Sure. So you've done a lot of fishing in your life. We've just talked about that, and you do a lot there. Nowadays, what type of fishing do you like to do? Well, nowadays, because we live down here in Cabo, so my thing is rooster fish fishing. That's what we do down here because it's the closest thing to fishing the coastline up in California. But if my wife and I go to Southern California and we have a boat up there, and when we go to Southern California, we only want to fish for calico bass. We only want to fish calico bass. That's our both. 
my wife and I's very most favorite fish to fish for. You're always in a beautiful spot. 90% of the time you're anchored up. So you're actually enjoying your boat. You'll have your music on, you'll have a couple cold beverages. You're setting on the anchor in some beautiful cove along California coastline. And you're actually catching a fish every time you throw your line in the water. Down here in Mexico, we can catch anything. We can catch Wahoo, Dorado, Yellowtail, Tuna, uh, Marlin. But that's not what works for me and my wife. I'll take you, and we'll go catch them, and we'll have a, you'll have a blast. I have no desire to wind them in anymore. I want to catch those rooster fish on the beach. You can't do that very many places in the world. Guys in Florida can't do it. Guys in Texas can't do it. Guys in California can't do it. You can fish your whole life. You're never going to catch a rooster fish. Come here. There's a real good chance the day you show up, we're going to get on the skiff and we're going to go and we're going to get a rooster fish because that's how many are here and we got it pretty dialed in. Uh, the rooster is on my list, of course. I mean, I, I recently learned about uh, more about that species after I was following another company down in uh, Central America there, and I'm already going to blow this one because I, I can't believe I can't remember it. I know I'm going to look at this after <laughs> and be like, yeah, Brian, there you go, genius. But seeing how they were out there, uh, just catching and just pulling up this monster fish, and it's a beautiful fish. That whole, oh, it's probably one of the most gorgeous fish in the ocean. It, I, I am like I am enthralled with it. So the idea that you can sit at the beach and beach fishing is obviously my favorite, hence why I have a surf fishing podcast. But I mean, the idea that you could sit at the beach, cast out, and catch a rooster and not have to use the kayak, not have to do the droppers, not have to do any of that. You can catch it from the beach is amazing. Yeah, my buddy has surf fish Cabo. Wes is his name, and he is the mad magician down here. He's the madman. He grew up here since he was a little kid. He'll take you out. And you'll have time of your life fishing for those things. It is insane. It's I don't do anything for money anymore as far as fishing goes except run my website and all that stuff. I don't take people fishing anymore. I did it for 44 years at the highest level you can do it. Now I go fishing with me and my wife for fun. And you're still, but you're still sharing the knowledge, which is wonderful. And it's kind of funny you brought up Wes because I, uh, I may or may not be talking to Wes soon. <laughs> oh, he's such a good human. He's a really good human besides a phenomenal fisherman. Well, I'm excited. He's just a great human being. I just doubled up my excitement for that podcast now too. It's just funny that you guys are. I mean, of course, small word, small world, Cabo in that area, but that's really great that you guys are linked up. That just brings it even more funny for me. So, oh, I'm so lucky because my Akuma is my fishing rod and reel sponsor, and they're his suit too. So that's what got us hooked up together. We may have found each other eventually, but when I first got here, to moved to Cabo, him and I hooked up the very first time, and I just wanted to go see what he was doing. So I went with a couple of his clients and just went down to the beach with them and was like, oh, my God, this is in – you got this. <laughs> Wes has it. He's He's a wonderful human to spend time with. But he's got it. He knows. He's so he's so good. It's incredible. <laughs> well, speaking of sponsors, this is actually the perfect opportunity for us to knock into the the first bait check of the episode because we got to do that. You got to check your bait, guys. You got to get it out there oh. and make sure it's good. Yeah. 
It is that first bait check of the episode. Bring that line in. Make sure you got the proper bait on there. If nothing's hit yet, hey, change it up. You got to change it up a little bit. You can't keep throwing the same thing. It's called insanity. Change it up. Change where it's on the top or the bottom. Throw it back out. Maybe it's a different thing you needed. This bait check is being brought to you by the Kids Can Fish Foundation. Kids Can Fish is, you've heard me talk about it every week. I love this group. They're out of St. Simons Island, Georgia, and they are putting on these clinics to get kids out fishing. All your donations go back into it so kids can go out and do these clinics to come home with cast nets rods and reel combos education all these pieces are put together through that on top of that too they've got the saint simon's island running of the bulls tournament you'll see me there i'll be there in october all the money that comes from that goes back into the foundation as well and there's a lot of cool donation things so go over to kidscanfish.net help them out and do good things and like they're always love saying this more tackle boxes less xboxes good company right there and good people all right sir so what is your favorite thing about fishing the bite <laughs> yeah it's hard not to for that that is what it's all about and what you just talked about a second ago with the children there's nothing more important than getting kids out fishing there's i talk about it a lot on my podcast i talk about it a lot on my website i talk about it all the time because it's so so important to make sure that we're passing this passion this love this this addiction onto our children and onto our grandchildren and onto our friends' children. A lot of kids don't get a chance to do it because they don't have a person in their home that fishes. So if you have the opportunity to take someone's kid fishing, you better not blow it. You better do it. Right? Yeah. I mean, that's how this whole knowledge piece, and I love that you've brought up from where you started to where you are now because you've definitely had an influence on thousands of children and all that have come on your boat or any of the other things that you've done with that, especially with your knowledge that you've been passing on online, you know, all this one, they're going to be the ones teaching theirs. And they're the ones that are going to be able to, the one of them is going to become a scientist that's going to learn about fishing and maybe find a way to save a species or discover a new one. Getting these kids out there is huge. It's so important now. It is the very most important thing. And you know, what has been really fun is as I've grown up in the industry and as I've touched all these different people's lives with fishing, I've gone to these children's schools for show and tell. I've gone and done presentations for the kids to, they're like, Captain Dave's going to come to our school and talk about fishing or talk about the passion of fishing and, and your thing, fishing off the beach. My good, there isn't anybody that can't do that. That is such a cool thing. And there's nothing, Going fishing is such a great release for children to see what's going on in the world and see that it's okay to be involved in going outside and being in the sun and being in the salt or in the fresh. I like lake fishing. I like stream fishing. I like fly fishing. I like, I just like fishing. I like my wife says, if I could pee a puddle, I would probably fish in it. (laughs) That's a good (laughs) one. Thank you. But it's true. And man, if I see somebody's, child standing there staring at him as they're winding in a fish i literally will try to throw a rock at him it's like wake up dude let the child wind in the fish you already have the disease you already have this passion you cannot expect your child to stand there and watch you fish if that's what you're doing then you're doing it totally wrong and i don't care if your fishing pole is the greatest fishing pole you ever had and you spent a million dollars buying it there is nothing more rewarding than to turn hooking that fish and turning it to your child and handing them the pole or your 
neighbor's child or your grandchild, letting them wind in the fish. Stop winding in fish when kids are on the boat. Please are on the beach. Let them wind them in. And that addiction automatically comes for free. And they can get it yeah. anytime. And there's so many worse <laughs> things they could be doing. Put them on the friggin', get them out there and let them catch. So much good things. And, and that smile. I mean, is there anything better than a kid that gets that fish and is just like the super beam of, I did this. I did this. Oh, my gosh. And I see the people, Brian, down on the docks or at the lakes where they're yelling at the children that are fishing. They're like, you can't fish here. Get out of oh, here. Yeah. And those are the same people that are bitching and compl- I'm sorry, but complaining that look at those kids. All they do is sit on their electronics. No, they're outside trying to have fun and you're crushing them because I don't know something bad is bad in your life. But gang, think the words that are coming out of your mouth. Think about it. Stop. If I tell all the kids fish wherever you want. And if somebody's giving you a problem, call me. I'll talk to them. I'll come down there. Really? Going to give a child a problem for fishing? Are you kidding me yeah. with what's going on in the world today? Stop. Let them fish. Let's go fishing. Yeah. Let's go fishing, for goodness sake. Oh, this, this water's private. Shush. Be quiet. Be quiet. <laughs> that one's always a good one. It's private. No, it's if not. It's Brian, if it's Brian and I and we're climbing over the fence and we got a bucket of goldfish and we're going to go slaughter all your cow, all your largemouth, yeah, okay, yeah. I got it. But if it's if it's a couple of little kids with their skateboard skating to go fishing, stop. Oh, so true. <laughs> so true. Right? So, oh, it blows my mind. I don't I still don't understand people sometimes. Like our industry, I love it. I love fishing. I you know, and I've been fortunate enough that uh, I, I've been able to talk to some great anglers, a couple of international episodes that have just even more eye-opening. But the one thing it always brings back is when people talk about kids and passing on the knowledge. That no one hesitates. They're like, "Yeah, absolutely, bring kids. What, what do we need to do? What, what can we do to get them on all these?" And the, like I was talking about with kids can fish, when we do that tournament, it's two rods per person. So you got two for you, two for the kiddo, but you're out there and it's like, all right, come on, you're going after bull, big bull reds. And you just want to see that 40, 50 inch or get pulled in by your kid. And you're like, you're doing great. Just keep going. And you're just coaching and smiling. And, and when they finish it, it's one of the greatest accomplishments in the world. And they're just like, I'm oh, good. Let's good. Let's do that again. The smile. You can't buy it. Like you no. said a few minutes ago, you can't buy that smile. I don't care how much you got. Mm-hmm. One thing I teach on my website and, and, in my seminars and on my podcast is how important it is to do everything right. When you take a child fishing, I have a way different way of looking at it than most people. But if once they listen to me and they, they stop and they go, Oh, you're right. First thing is make sure that whatever their devices, their cell phone, their iPad, whatever it is that they're on all the day, you better bring that with you. Let them play with it till you quit sucking at fishing because if you make it where they can't bring their electronics, then they don't want to go Yep. and you just lost them and they're never coming again. So I make sure that the cell phone or the iPad is fully charged and it's going to work. But when they go fishing with me or they go fishing with one of our members of our website, those guys that are members of the website, they no longer suck at fishing. So their kids are going to catch, but the people that suck at fishing and then they don't let the kids bring the iPads and you're out there and you're not catching anything all day and you're dragging them around and the weather's rough and cold and windy. They're never going again. Nope. 
They they're not. They they're begging to not go. Yep, for the rest of their life too. Then until somebody yeah. until somebody takes them on that one day where they're like, "Fine, I'll go," and then they get it done right and they realize. Oh, oh crap and here comes next month's salary i need this and then we need to do that it's like all right, right. cool. now you got the passion now you got it back yeah but you never had to blow it no nope. you could have you could have been good and i always tell all my guys as soon as the fish start biting and they've caught three or four go home and they're like what and i go yeah stop when they're biting go home because then tomorrow morning when that child wakes up he's gonna go dad or mom can we go fishing? Yep. When you hear your child say, Brian, dad, can we go fishing tomorrow? You just won the lottery. There's no lottery on the planet that's better than that. Your heart fills up, your eyes water, your smile gets ear to ear, and you're like, I did it. I did it. But if you go and they, they bite for a few minutes and then they stop biting and you make them stand there and catch nothing, how dare you? You just ruined it. Don't ruin it. Come on, you guys. Think, 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 think. Don't, don't, don't agree with what I tell you. That's fine. Go blow it. I'm just telling you from years of blowing it. I got the recipe now. <laughs> uh, I am very fortunate when, when you brought up the kid, my daughter, uh, I was very lucky in this. She's joined me a lot of adventures and she has the bug anytime. And yeah, you're right about the iPad. I told her, yeah, bring it. I mean, if we got nothing going on, well, what am I going to do? Sit and stare at you? You know, when the rod goes off, oh, man, I've, I think I've seen that iPad be a, I think I've seen it be a Frisbee a couple times. Where I'm like, don't throw the damn thing. Ah, <laughs> uh, then you go, then you go, wait a minute. She threw it. That's rad. Yeah, throw it. Uh, oh, <laughs> She's man. running for the rod. And she sprints. Like, she kicks. She will happily, she would knock me out of, out of the way to get to the rod. And I love that about it. I'm like, you get it, girl. You do your thing. You just bring it in. And I, I love it. I can't, I can't talk about it enough i always love those days but oh yeah and i watch your videos when you guys are sitting there and the the rod starts to jiggle in the rod holder and then it's a sprint to get yep. to it it's the it's the coolest thing in the world and you know when that rod bends and that rod jiggles everything that's going on in your mind's gone yep the only thing that matters now is what's on the end of this thing <laughs> yep. and we go right back to what you said what's the most important the bite Yes, sir. That's great. There's nothing more important than the bite. Look at that full circle. Well played. Well, you've got so <laughs> many. You. You've got so many years <laughs> of experience. So these next set of questions are going to be really interesting. I, I don't even know how okay. you're going to do this. How, what has been your craziest <laughs> or favorite catch? Oh wow. Okay. Yeah. Peacock bass fishing in Florida. I was down there in Fort Lauderdale working on a big Viking. We were refitting it at the Lauderdale Marine center. And, uh, one of the guys on the docks, and I'm sure they're listening one of the guys on the dock runs one of the tow boats and him and I were talking about fishing and I don't even know, we got into this and he's all the Dorado are you, they call them dolphin fish in Florida. We call them Dorado here, Mahi in Hawaii, but the same fish, it's such a bitch and fish. It gets three names, but, um, there's, and I'm like, nah, I don't want to do that. What, what, and he goes, well, have you, got, have you caught a peacock? And I'm like, no. I, and I don't have time to go to South America. He's all, no. They, they're here all over in all the canals and everywhere. I'm like, come on. And uh, he hooked me up with this guide because I'm not going to go try to do something. Anywhere I fish in the world, the first time I go, I always go with a guide. Yes. I just don't, mm, my right. time is way too valuable, bro. I'm not going to try to figure it out on my own. I'm way smarter than that. I'm going to go with the guide 
and I'm going to watch exactly what he does, and I'm going to do, and then when I go back the next day, I'm going to do exactly what he just showed me. I'm not going to try to reinvent it. Why would I do that? Exactly. <laughs> and and so we got, we went down to this pond where he caught this tilapia. He threw his net, which we can't do in California or in Mexico. We can't throw a net. Only the citizens of Mexico can throw the net, and in California, no one can throw the net. But he, so I don't know anything about throwing the net except that it's cool to watch other people do it. <laughs> and he threw the net. He caught a bunch of tilapia. He caught like 25 tilapia, put them in the bucket. And I go, and he doesn't know me and I don't know him, okay? And I go, 25 baits? We're going fishing. I go, that's not enough baits. He goes, oh, trust me, that's enough baits. I'm all, in my head, I'm thinking, well, you don't know who I am. <laughs> okay. I've never caught enough of anything my whole life. And, uh, we went from there down to this other lake, and he goes, are you cool jumping over a fence? And I was like, oh, that's my language right there. <laughs> uh, well, I look 61, but I act like I'm 20. Watch this. I leaped over that fence, grabbed the bucket. I'm all here. He goes, yeah, just toss it right over there. And it was full speed, 25 baits, 25 peacock bass. We were back at the tilapia lake about 25 30 minutes later getting 25 more <laughs> oh it wow. was insane it was the coolest thing i got it all on video i'm posting a couple of those videos at the end of the week on my all over my social media peacock bass fishing i have so much content that it's hard i put out three brand new videos every single day brian every wow. day 21 videos a week across social media so i have so much stuff on my ipad and my laptop i just did a seven day trip where i ran a guy's yacht up to see a cortez which is for a fisherman or diver or explorer the sea of cortez is like nothing on the planet that anyone's ever seen before they used to call it god's aquarium jacques Cousteau called it that it is unbelievable and i got a bunch of video for there i'm sorry i I jump all around. It's all good. You're doing great. I got Keep ADD. Going. <laughs> I got ADD. I can't. I can't stay focused on anything. You should come to one of my seminars one day. It's like crazy. <laughs> I had a guy come up to me one day and go, I thought you were going to talk about fish finders. I go, oh. I looked at the poster. I said, yeah, I was supposed to, but oh, well. Wasn't that exciting, though, for an hour? He goes, yeah, but you didn't talk about fish finders. I said, well, try it tomorrow. Oh, no. no. <laughs> But, but yeah, peacock bass fishing, that's probably been the coolest thing I did out of nowhere. Hit me. I wasn't planning on it. Didn't see it. One day I was working on the boat. The next day I was peacock bass fishing. It was incredible and it was so fun and it's so easily done, especially if you live down there in South Florida. My gosh, you can go fishing all over the place. If people aren't fishing down there, I don't know what they're doing. I don't care what level financially you are. There's canals and ponds everywhere down there you can fish it was incredible it was the most incredible thing i'd seen in a, ever as far as fishing on land that was incredible no boat involved yeah wow that is All really right. cool that that's fun <laughs> well this one it I, was i don't know how you're gonna nail this one then because i think you've already done it but what is a bucket list fish that you want to catch a tarpon and a pike oh wow to wow left and right spectrum there okay my son and I, my son lives in Arizona in Flagstaff, and there's a lake up there, I think Davis Lake or something, that has pike in it. And him and I fished it, I don't know, 15 times. But we didn't, there's no guide. There's nobody. I, I asked 100 people, Do you got anybody that guides this lake, anybody that can, nobody. So we tried to figure it out on our own, and we caught, I think he caught 
the smallest pike ever caught in the history of the world. The thing was like six inches long, caught it on a lure. We took about a thousand pictures of it. We were so excited. <laughs> and then I went tarpon fishing a couple times and just saw some tarpon, didn't catch one. So probably before I pass, those would be the two things. Mm, those are, that's, that I would like to have a chance to catch. Well, I know the tarpon are running here right now. I've seen plenty of posts of the old silver missile breaching out of the water, and I'm, I, I am amazed at the amount of strength that that fish possesses. possesses. It's unreal to me. It's almost shark-like. Yeah, I just want the bite. <laughs> I, know. I went three times, paid a bunch of money, and never got a bite. I was so disappointed. I didn't get a bite. Oh, oh, that's not good. Let me have a bite. Let me blow it. I want to go home saying I blew it. I blew the bite. I just want a bite. So, well, hopefully you can. Yeah, I know they're going on in the panhandle. So if you happen <laughs> to sneak through, by all means, I know they're out here right now. All right. The and they tell me all the guys I talk to tell me they're super hard to hook. Oh, I, I wish I knew, but <laughs> I will take your word for it. <laughs> yeah, I. All right, this is stupid of me, but I'm gonna say it. Go. So for me, when it comes to like tarpon or you know, certain fish, I'm like, okay, I don't rate to catch that yet. And it's a dumb thing. It's a, it's an old school jarhead thing. For me. Too many years of like, no, you're not there yet. You haven't finished your syllabus for the other ones. Until you finish those ones, then you can move up to the big boy leagues. But it's like, yeah, all right, I don't know if I'm ready. But everybody's like, dude, you got to come do it. That's the one of the funnest fights. You may not land it, but you'll know what it feels like. And it is in a pure adrenaline rush. So I can understand. I just want to, I just want the bite. I, I'm going to start saying yep, it now. It's all you. It. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Gotcha. All right, last question in this category, and then we'll steal some of your knowledge here. What has been one of your absolute favorite fishing memories? Oh, that, thank you. I, you must have mental telepathy or something. Okay. I was just going to roll into this. When you said jarhead, I know what you mean. I grew up in San Clemente, yep. the Marine Corps. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I give back a billion times over. I can't give back enough. I can't. It's impossible because I did nothing for this life except just I was born. You guys give everything, and and the War Heroes on Water is probably my most prized thing that I do every year. I go and I donate all my time and all my energy, and it's nothing compared to what they've done. But I go to California, and we have a huge tournament called War Heroes on Water put on by uh, Freedom Alliance and – the great Anthony Shea from uh, uh, Lone Depot, but the man is thousand times more than Lone Depot. And what he's done is he's put together this thing for the war heroes, people, men and women that have gone overseas and fought for the freedom that we have. That, and I talked about it on my podcast a lot yesterday because yesterday was a big day. Yeah. The reason we get to celebrate yesterday was because of men and women like yourself. I didn't do anything. Okay. So, and I say that a hundred thousand times over and over again, all day at the, at this uh, event. And it's a four day event. And we take these, we take three war heroes. The boat I drive is 125 feet long. It's a big giant sport fisher. And we have another sport fisher that cruises around with us that we jump on and fish from. And uh, we take just three guys and each boat, there'll be a hundred. I think there's 50 boats and each boat has three guys. on. so there's like 150 war heroes, men and women. And we go and we fish a three-day tournament out of Newport Beach, California. We have a big parade, drives through the harbor with all the war heroes on it. It's like, it's like super duper spectacular. My heart swells up. It's almost as special as my grandkids or my wife. 
in my life as far as not being a family thing this is the most special thing i do in my life and it's just about giving back and i just i can't give these guys and gals enough i feel like when it's over i'm like god i wish i could have given more but i give everything i have for those three days it's the most incredible thing i've been involved in i've been involved in it since it started this will be the sixth sixth year it happens in september it's absolutely incredible so that's my favorite part about being a fisherman and having all this knowledge and having these guys that own these big yachts calling me up going, Dave, will you go with us on our yacht and take these war heroes out fishing? And I'm, yeah, I'm in. <laughs> Get out of the way. And I call all my sponsors and they just pour on all the, all the giveaways and it's just incredible. So thank you for asking me that because yeah, you got to check out war heroes or heroes on water from when freedom Alliance. It's an incredible event. Well, you guys, it will be, it'll all be linked back. I assure you. And I will make sure of that. And thank you for doing something like that. I mean, I, I can, I can only imagine how great it is for them for that moment. I mean, that addiction, but also with the adrenaline and having fun and three days of just super camaraderie building and memory making without having to worry about anything. That's phenomenal. So thank you for all that you do. And uh, for war heroes on the water, you guys are great. And freedom Alliance, Anthony Shea, thank you guys. Thank you all that are involved in that program. I will definitely research more and uh, I'll say it on this episode. I will happily reach out to them and see how I can somehow any way, shape or form assist. Cause that is something that is just phenomenal. And thank you for doing that. Thank you. Thanks. Yeah, I think so. Well, now Thanks. it's been, we, we've been at it for 40 minutes. So that means it's another one. It's time for another bay check. <laughs> it's amazing how the time All flies. All right, let's do it. <laughs> yeah. It is your second bait check out of the episode. Hopefully you've caught a bunch of fish by now. And, you you know, you were listening to this on the beach in between, pausing because, you know, the line's going off the whole time. But hopefully you've caught a bunch. If you haven't yet, hey, we talked about bait last time. Maybe it's time to move. Got to change spots. Maybe that one's just not producing today. That's okay. Just move down a little bit. You'll find it. I know you will. This bait check is being brought to you by The Sinker Guy. Go on over to thesinkerguy.com. Take a look at everything that Chip's got going on in The Sinker Guy garage. Need sinkers? Hey, they're in his name. He's got the Sputniks from ranging from one, actually half, and higher. He can get you up to five. If you need custom ones, reach on out and talk to him about it. He can get you set up there. Maybe you need some terminal tackle or some other pieces. He's got the Bruno rig. It's always a great rig. And he's also got the Mortician all set up there. So one-stop shop. Lots of great things to pick up. TheSinkerGuy.com. Get your order in today. So now we've rocked into this. We're going to go into a little bit of fishing knowledge here, and I'm sure we're going to pass right through this real quick. So it's all good. Yeah. <laughs> this is this is going to be the quick part of the show, honest. <laughs> okay. Uh, so for you, you've been doing this a long time, and you like you said, you do boats, you've done beach, you've all those pieces there. So when it comes to the beach piece, and this is where I want to focus on this, how do you plan your fishing trips? Well, down here in Mexico, I'm very blessed. We have a couple of opportunities to use quads. And so we have the rod holders on the back of the quads and we drive down the beach and we look for structure. We look for anything that isn't water and then we cast at whatever's not water. So what could that be? It could be a palm tree floating in the water. It could be a rock. It could be some grass growing on the side of the bank. It could be some trash floating. It could be fish. Anything like I tell all my guys when we're driving down the beach on our quads, anything that's not water. When I'm up fishing, surf fishing in Southern California and we're fishing those Corvina on the beach or we're fishing the surf perch, we're cruising along looking for anything in the water that's different. 
if it's a different little current break or a little eddy in the water or it's a little ditch in the water, anything that doesn't look like everything else, we're fishing it. We're throwing a sand crab in there. We're, we're throwing a um, lure in there. We're throwing a live deception flash jig in there. We're throwing a crocodile. We're throwing, we're trying to match the hatch. We're trying to figure out what's going on, but we're the best part of surf fishing or any type of fishing anywhere is identifying something that isn't water. Never heard it mentioned like that. I mean, I've heard the match the hatch, but the identifying that something isn't water is a brilliant way to think about it. Just be, like you said, if there's a rock, maybe there's a cut, maybe you see the bar, something different. That that's a that's a strike zone. That's really really right. well put. Thank you. I, I kind of try to tell that to all my guys on my website because they ask me all the time, "What are we looking for when we get offshore?" Anything that isn't water. <laughs> well, different makes such a difference. I mean, the fish are going to see water all the time. They're going to go for the easy food. No fish is going to want to expend extra energy. It's like the rest of us. Do you really want to expend the extra energy to get what you want, or can you get it in an easy way? And that structure is going to provide it. And then we have a guy here on the West Coast who is basically on, on the West Coast, and he's a little older than Wes, and he Wes knows him very well, but Bill Varney, I don't know if you've heard the name before, but he's definitely a human you need to talk to. He has moved me up the surf fishing uh, ladder very, very quickly by just listening to him and how he rigs and how he fishes and how he identifies the cuts and the and the troughs and the, the ditches and the structure and everything in the surf and how important all that stuff is. But Bill Varney, he's been doing it at such a high level for such a long time. He's, I'd like to say he's a little older than me, but he's probably the same age as me. But, <laughs> but Bill is super superhuman as far as kindness and consideration and sharing of his knowledge. And I think, as we move forward, you and I, as in our friendship, I think I'll set you up with his phone number also because he'd be a great person to have on here from the West Coast perspective of the surf fishing, which I pick up little bits and pieces, but at the end of the day, I'm a yacht guy. I'm a party boat guy. I'm a out on the ocean guy. But I'll, like I said, half an hour ago, whenever, if I can piss a puddle, I'm fishing. It don't matter where <laughs> I'm at. If there's water, I'm going to try to catch something. <laughs> well, see, that's one of the things that I loved about your stuff, too, is your content is, yeah, you may be a boat, but you've done all facets. And I've seen that it, it, you have found a way to be like, look, I'm going to figure it out. And I think that's great. I think too many people have the I hate to say blinders because I'm guilty of it. I mean, you get into one that facet of fishing. It's like, all right, this is what I'm doing. But there's so many other pieces to have fun with and try and learn because even freshwater, you're going to take something from freshwater and use it in salt. How you bring it, how you move a jig or how you drop bait, that all can work together. Absolutely. And I think a lot of it is the biggest problem is our ego. Oh, yeah, for sure. Our ego. Once we're success, a little bit successful at something, we stop learning. And you can't do that as a fit. Lord knows I learned that as a, at a very young age. You can't do that in this industry. As soon as you stop learning, you're going to stop producing. Yep. And if you're not willing to listen to somebody else explain to you why they're catching a fish every time they throw their line, I want to know. Like I told you half an hour ago or whatever, when I go any, any water I've never been on, we get a guide. Yep. I get a guide. My kids used to laugh at me. They go, Dad, you're a guide. Why are you hiring a guide? I go, I've never been here before. <laughs> I don't know what I'm 
doing? Yeah, I can catch a fish in Cabo. I can catch a fish up in California. I don't know what to do on the Snake River. I don't know what to do in Florida on that when I went with that guy and catching those peacocks. But I caught a whole bunch of peacocks the very first time I ever did it. I would have never done that. Yep. So that's probably the best part about it is learn always being willing to learn no matter how old I am because I want to catch. Mm-hmm. And I, I've said it, I've done a lot of interviews with guides, and that's one of the things that I wish people would hear is it's like, look, I'm not promoting your guide business. We're promoting, the, well, we are partially, well, let's be honest. But on the other piece <laughs> of that too is, you know, if you go somewhere, you can drag all your gear. But why? I'd rather go somewhere with somebody that has the gear, that has knows the water, knows these things. They fish it day and night. They know it all. Right. I'd rather go out and be like, okay, that's how you do it? Oh, damn. Okay, cool. And then bring it home and try it down here or something different like that when I go back. Like you said, the next day. I'm going to try what you, I'm going to show you that you taught me and I retained the knowledge. So thank you for teaching me. It's not a big deal to go with a guide. It's worth the investment of the knowledge. Oh my gosh, so much so, Brian. And another really cool thing is because <clears throat> I learned at a year early age to put my ego in my pocket. When I show up, I call the guide. I tell him, hey, I'm coming. The last thing I do is tell him how much I know. I I don't know anything. Why do I want to come swinging around going, hey, oh, is there, is there? who cares? <laughs> I have never fished this water before. I'm keeping my mouth shut and I want you, I want to listen. I want to listen to what you tell me and I have such a great attitude when I'm out there with them that at the end of the – here's what's really cool. Everywhere I go, I go fly fishing in Wyoming. I go fly fishing in Tahoe. I go – wherever I go, at the end of the day, they're letting me borrow their stuff to go fishing the next couple of days. They're like, yeah, take the rod. Go fish. <laughs> and I'm like, thank you. You don't have to bring a bunch of crap. Why do I want to bring a bunch of crap that ain't going to work? Yep. <laughs> just so I could say, oh, I got my very favorite fishing pole here. Big deal. <laughs> hey, my, I wish my favorite fishing pole could go everywhere. I know it can. I'm, I mean, I'm not going to rock a 12-footer <laughs> off a boat. Nothing good will come from that. <laughs> right. Exactly. Uh, so when you've been talking about this one, have you ever noticed for your side that you have a better luck on a certain tide? You know, there's a lot to be said with the tide and the moon, but if you wrap the biggest problem here for me, I got to fish every single day. The only reason we didn't fish more days is because of weather our maintenance, but fishing 250 days a year. That's a lot of days when you break it all down and we didn't have the opportunity to pick what day we were going to, the day the tide was the perfect, the moon was perfect. No, we had to fish every day. I've seen them bite high tide, low tide, big tide, no tide, earthquake, no earthquake, forest fire, no forest. I've seen them bite in every condition, full moon, no moon, da, da, da. But yeah, if you could, if you, if everything worked out perfect and you could pick it, slack high or slack low is the very, very best time to be out on the water. If you're in tournaments fishing offshore, marlin, tuna, Whatever that is, that's when the fish bite. You listen to the radio, and all of a sudden the radio lights up, and everybody's hooking up when the tide goes slack. When the tide goes slack, all the fish float because, and I have a whole thing on this, and we could talk about this for the whole show, but (laughs) fish, you have to remember, fish. the smartest fish in the world is dumber than the smartest mouse. So if you can remember that, this will make it way easier for you. So all the fish start out as plankton. They all start out 
little tiny eggs. When they hatch, they got to get in little groups so they don't get eaten by everybody else. They get in these little groups, and the little groups know that when the tide goes slack, the plankton floats, they float, everybody goes to the top to feed. As they get bigger, they don't know that they're getting bigger. They still think they're little. They're still, you see 100 pound, 200 pound, 300 pound tuna swimming in schools. If they were smart, like you think they are, they'd be out swimming around by themselves. They're swimming in schools because they still don't understand that they're big. They're swimming in schools because they think it's safer. But they also know that when the tide goes slack, it's time to go to the surface. That's when it's time to eat. People start to forget and they start to put way too much emphasis on how smart a fish is. That's ridiculous. They're all going to react the same. When the tide goes slack, every fish goes to the surface to feed. That's just the way it's been since they were born when they were an egg. And that's how they are when they're 5,000 pounds or, or an eighth of a pound. Wow. See, people, look, you guys got a free one. Now you got to go back to his website because there's a ton more of this stuff on there. But I was scrolling through, I was like, oh, my God, there's, oh, I got to watch that. When one. I got done talking, it was quiet. I was like, did you hang up? Like, uh, yeah, hang up and I'm going to the beach. I think my tide might be at Slack. It's, uh, see, it's the, the one thing I love about this. Like, we have so much knowledge in our hands. We, we, so many people have said it. You know, we've got basically a supercomputer in our hands of knowledge. And you can find this knowledge wherever you want. There's so many great facets. YouTube, all that great stuff. You can, you can really find it. But even when you're finding this and then you get into the niches, I love talking to people that have other avenues of it because right there, I've never seen what you had just talked about on any of the channels that I'd learned from or any of the, pl the, any of the platforms that I've bothered to spend hours of my life scribbling notes not saying that i've wasted a few but there are a few but you know all of that together you, you get things like that and it's like oh damn it that's my aha all right now i gotta do it <laughs> and i've never heard somebody give that kind of aha of a moment with that one tides i've always heard oh yeah high two bottom two high two bottom two you know here in the panhandle we're lucky we in the gulf we got one tide so it's like eh, it's not gonna affect you as much as it would if you're in the atlantic but still, gotcha. that knowledge is still there because that's evolution. That's fish going to come to the surface. They're all going to do it. That's why we all find the tuna doing that. It's so ridiculously brilliant. And I feel like a three-year-old. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. It's like my own class. Thank I love you. <laughs> cool. And that's just from year. I, I remember the old timers used to tell me that. And I go, but why? <laughs> But why do they do that? I want to know why. So I did. I figured out why. I would watch the bait. The bait does the same exact thing. The little teeny tiny fish do the same thing. They all do the same. I'm like, ah, I got it. Uh -huh. Now I know what's going on here. They think they're the size of bait. They don't know they're big. They're dumb. They're fish. That's why I catch them because they're dumb. <laughs> oh, there it is right there, folks. There you go. You're all set. Oh, well, this one's going to be a dumb one then because I, I don't think you're going to run into this problem, but how do you adjust your tactics for fishing when the bite isn't on fire? Oh my gosh, you have to be able to, you have to be able to roll. Here's the deal. Guy, long time, old time guy told me, keep notes all the time. Keep yeah. notes of what you're doing all the time. You got to write down. If it's good, you got to write it down. If it sucks, you better write it down. And, and it sucks. Let's be honest, those guys, here's one thing about the internet. You don't ever see guys when it sucks. They're not <laughs> making videos out there when it sucks. Oh, here's a video of us doing absolutely nothing all day. 
Who's going to watch that? <laughs> so everybody thinks, oh, oh, Jimmy Joe, he goes, every time he goes out, he catch. No. Every time he catches, he films. Yep. He doesn't catch every time he goes, gang. There's a lot of times where it sucks. But the difference between the really good guy, the the really good captains or the really good guides is we know how to, we know what to do when the stuff's changing and turning and we can start to see it before it actually happens and we can switch it up and go do something else. If the, for, for example, you redfish, big red drums, when they're not, you can kind of tell when that, that stuff's going to turn and it's not going to bite. I just know from watching Kenny Mullet, my buddy and seeing those guys and what they're doing. And then they roll around and they go, okay, we got to get out of here. It ain't happening anymore. Do you have another fish that you can fish for at that time? Mm-hmm. I don't know. But if you don't, then it's going to be a long, boring, flipping day. Now, if you're tournament fishing, you're tournament fishing, you're stuck. You're going to have to catch those fish or you're going to have to just kill yourself while they're not bite, trying to catch one. But if you're involved in the act of taking people as a guide or taking people out on a boat or going to the beach, a good thing to do at the beach, this works really well, is bring it down. Start to bring it down. Lighter line, smaller hooks, lighter sinker. Strips of squid, little tiny pieces, little tiny pieces. Remember, if you don't remember a thing I said all day, elephants eat peanuts. Yes, right So there. bigger bait is not better. I have this. I run into this problem with my clients all the time. We start catching fish on little strips of squid or a little strip of mackerel or a little strip of sardine, and then they gob a big giant chunk on. And I'm like, what are you doing? Well, they're eating these. I go, yeah, and now you figured out what they won't eat. Why? Why do you want to use what they're not? If you figure out what they're eating, you got to stay with it. And you got to roll. Like on the beach, I see a lot of guys, and I watch a lot of surf. I'm a weirdo. I watch a lot of fishing stuff. And I see a lot of guys fishing, and they don't they don't change. They're, they got four rods out there in the surf in their rod holders, and they're all got a big sinker on it and heavy line and a big old giant worm hook. And they don't bring it down when that big giant stuff isn't biting. And they got children or, or whip or not women, but people that don't fish all the time. And I, I didn't mean that women. I'm not talking like that. I, I, excuse me. But you got people that don't fish a lot. You got to look at your group. You got to look at your crowd and go, okay, smaller is better. We got to bring it down. We got to go smaller hook, small, lighter line, smaller sinker. Because then you're going to get a bite. Remember what we talked about a long time ago. It's all about the bite. Yep. All about it. <laughs> you got to get a bite. If you can't get a bite, you're not going to catch anything. So you got to roll. And you got to be able to roll all the time and take a look at who you're with matters as much as what's biting. Mm-hmm. Damn straight. You you raise a really cool point, and I want to kind of bring up this because I think you're going to – I think you'll expound on it very easily. <laughs> but I remember okay. uh, a buddy of mine was fly fishing, just screwing around in, in a little itty-bitty brook. He was just working on his casting, trying to get better at it, and he had this itty-bitty tiny thing. And I was like, man, that's kind of weird. He goes, oh, no, watch this. And he throws it in. He, he was really, he was screwing around trying to catch this fish. And you know, Jerk move, but I love you, dude. If you're listening to this, you know who I, you know who you are. But he threw this, and this little hook hooked, and it held the fish. You don't need a monster hook a lot of times. You don't need that big piece of tackle. You just need something that's going to get in and hold and bring it home. You, you don't have to go gigantic. No. You don't remember elephants eat peanuts. Yep. Yep. It's a big deal. Bring it down. Most people fish way too heavy, way too big. 
No, that's peace. Well, you brought this one into the beginning of the show, so I'd love to talk about it with you on this, with seasonal. Because yeah. seasonal brings in different species, whether you're West Coast, East Coast, you know, Australia, South Africa, it doesn't matter. The seasons are going to bring you something different. So what have you noticed right. with your, what is your favorite seasons to fish? Springtime, the fish are in the spawn mode. And I don't know if you've ever spawned, but when you're spawning, you get hungry right before you go to sleep. So you want to get out there right before they go to sleep and right when they're spawning, they're hungry. So springtime's the best time for me, I think. That's when the calico bass and this, the uh, all the beach type of fish, they're all in the spawn mode. You see your fish out there when you're fishing in the surf, they change colors. The yep. boys get way more vibrant in the springtime when they're in the spawning mode. They get way fired up. They Their colors change. Everything about them changes. They're, they're very excited. It's way more fun. It's just a different fishery. They're more active. They're moving around. When they're moving around spawning, they're burning energy. When they're burning energy, they got to eat. So all those things set up in line for me to have a better time fishing. But also there's times where in the wintertime, you just have to flip it up a little bit. The water gets colder. The water gets dirtier because of rain and runoff and stuff. So you got to start to try to fish in your holes where the water t- <clears throat> the water might be a little cleaner in this one spot there's going to be more fish in there feeding they're going to be more feeding on the bottom than they are on the top because of the coldness of the water they like to stay low they don't like to get in that upper water column when the water's cold so you're going to fish more of the bottom more bottom stuff more moving your lures slower it's not going to be such a frantic bite as it is when they're in the spawning mode in the fall in the springtime and then in the fall in the fall, they're waking up. The water's starting to get warmer. Things are starting to change, and they get a little more active. You can get them in the midwater range, if you will, for lack of a better word. And uh, wintertime's probably the worst. Wintertime's probably the worst, even though where I live, we don't – our winter, it's 75 degrees. And, <laughs> and our summer, like right now, it's 110. But in the wintertime, the, the fish get slow. They get lethargic. Even down here, the water gets into the high 60s the low 70s, the fish act different than they do when it's in the high 70s. Right now, it's 87 degrees. The fish are going crazy right now. But um, winter time's the worst. Spring's the best. Summer, it's so dang hot everywhere and humid. It's so, Where you guys are, the bugs. I can't deal. Oh, can't yeah. deal with bugs. Damn black I got flies. a lot of friends. Ooh. I got a lot of friends back there where you're at listening right now to the podcast going, talk about bugs, Dave. I hate bugs. <laughs> hate them. Hate them, hate them, hate them. Every time I go somewhere, I call and I talk to my buddies. I go, are there bugs? Oh, there's bugs. I ain't coming. <laughs> nope. They make the day that horrible, the... man. It's like, come on. Why? Leave me alone. I just want to fish. Right. And Brian, you're from, you, you stayed in Southern California. The number one thing, everyone goes, oh, climate, climate. Nope. That's not the number one thing. The number one thing is zero bugs. Yep. There are no bugs in Southern California, gang. There are no bugs. (laughs) People don't realize that. It's like a hidden secret. That's one thing I loved about SoCal. I mean, we, and the greatest, 
well, I don't know if it's a great, one of the weirdest parts. I mean, being stationed at Pendleton, I'm on the water. And then right. I, I drove home and I lived in Murrieta. So you cross over the mountain. Now you're in the Inland Empire where the temperature skyrockets. It's like, oh my God, <laughs> why is it hot here? But you cross over and you get into Oceanside or you run into Orange County and the temperature drops 10, 15 degrees. And then on a weird yeah, day, sea breeze. Yep, you got the breeze. And then the fun days, you see that marine layer creeping in. People are like, what is that? I'm like, oh, you guys call that fog. We call that Monday. So, yeah, that's going to be here for a little bit. Yeah, just go ahead yeah. and relax. <laughs> but the weather's always perfect in SoCal. It, it, it's, I hate to no say bugs. it like that. It's so nice. No bugs, no skeeters. Well, until you get into the lakes. But you stay to the coast, right. you'll be okay. But it's yeah. so nice. It's perfect on that yes, one. Yes, it is. And you pay for it. So there it is. <laughs> right. There you go. Now you know. Those of you back east are going, what is it about no bugs. Yeah. That's a huge plus, baby. <laughs> well, we we don't have any bugs here in Cabo either because it's too damn hot. It uh, killed them all. You got some humidity. I love Cabo for that. I, I I regret not going off the boat the last time I was down there to go play. And when I will not make yeah. that mistake again next time I am in Cabo, I will be getting off the boat to go play because it's all. Yeah, on. call me. I'll pick you up at this cruise ship dock and cruise you around and show you all everything down well, here. Oh, okay, sold. <laughs> not even a little no. Yes, absolutely. Well, we we. We've been going cool. for an hour here, and I don't want to take up your whole night, so we're going to rock into the closing questions here. We'll get you out, but before we do okay. that, we got to do that on the last bay check. Yes, we do. Yeah, go for it. One more. It is that final bay check of the episode, and hopefully you've caught a bunch of fish, and maybe you're still out there having a good time, but hey, you've taken a lot, you got a lot of knowledge from here, so hey, you might want to take a look at the tide. Remember that one? Or maybe you might need to move and change up and maybe downsize. Oh yeah, remember that part we talked about? Yeah. Hey, it's all knowledge here, people. Get on out there and have a good time. This bay check has been brought to you by Ninja Tackle. NinjaTackleVA.com. Matt's got you all hooked up with rods, reels, and a bunch of other fun accessories. You guys know I run the Ninja Dagger series. I absolutely love them running from the seven-footer up to the even the travel rod. Absolutely love that thing. Break it down into my three little pieces. I can go anywhere with it. I've taken it with me up to Virginia, and I will take it with me to other fun places. So you can get all set up there. Or if you're into firearms and shooting and into tactical games, yep, he's got you covered there. Ninja Tactical. Lots of great things on there. Be able to take a look at the website. NinjaTackleVA.com. Go check it out. You won't be disappointed. So with the last pieces here, let's get you out of here. And you uh, this okay. is right into your bread and butter because I know you've done classes on this and you've talked about it a couple times through the episode tonight. What is some knowledge you would give to a brand new angler starting out? Don't try to figure it out on your own. Don't try right. to figure it out on your own. Yep. Don't listen to the people on Instagram or TikTok that are telling you, oh, figure it out on your own like I did. Well, they're lying. They didn't figure anything out on their own. Someone helped them and taught them and pushed them in the right direction. And now with the internet and like you said, all this knowledge on in your hand, we're talking on it right now, all the knowledge that's in your hand, utilize it. Do not go out there and try to figure it out on your own. Don't go buy a bunch of stuff thinking that the more stuff you buy, the better you're going to be. I've seen it a hundred times, especially at the level we're at with the big yachts and stuff and guys buy a, a bunch of stuff that and the guy at the tackle store is licking his lips and rubbing his hands, but it's a bunch of crap that doesn't work. Listen to the guys that do it every day for a living. Never take fishing advice from someone who doesn't fish for a living. If they don't fish for a living, you don't want to know what they know about fishing. Did I just say that out loud? Oh, no. How dare you mention the truth, sir? How dare you? <laughs> uh, my dad taught me when I was a little boy, don't take financial advice from someone who doesn't own a jet. 
If they don't own a jet, you don't want to know what they know about money, son. And if they don't fish for a living, you don't want to know what they know about fishing. Oh, this is so perfect. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. No, why? Because, it, you know, call the spade a spade. I am all about that. You know, if you want to learn something, you got to go to the right sources. I mean, we can all do all the computer like you just said. But that's the truth. Like you just said, if you're not in the industry, that there are people that are in. Well, let me rephrase that. The people in this industry are bleeding it. They're breathing it. They're walking with it. They're breeding it. They're passing it through. They're doing all these things in that industry. That is the subject matter expert. That's who I want to talk to because that's the person that's actually going to be like, yeah, why wouldn't you do it like this? And it's like, well, I don't know. I never thought of it. Well, apparently you need to stop <laughs> thinking. Go out. Right. <laughs> but yeah, that's the perfect truth. I mean, there's no cutting it up. There's no other way to. So accept it as it is, people. It just is what it is. Thank you. Oh, no, thank you. <laughs> I, I prefer the truth, and I prefer fluff. I'm just that weirdo. Like, can I, just kill, you, I got the ugly baby. Tell me I got an ugly baby. Don't make me feel good about this. I know what it is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and we all learned something two years ago about truth, didn't we? Yes, we did. Yes, we did. All right. Well, the other two questions are pretty much useless for you, so I'm just going to ask you the final one. Oh, come one. on. Oh, fine. All right. I mean, Nothing <laughs> useless. I love talking. <laughs> uh, and I'm very thankful. Well, you already nailed it. You know, I mean, so people come into Cabo that's a perfect one, but you've also brought up the guide. So we'll go a different route. What do you recommend someone okay. coming to your area to fish for the very first time? That's never been there before do before they start fishing besides going to a guide. That's the only other thing we got to caveat. Oh my gosh. Be, be willing to learn. Yes. Just be willing to learn. That's got to be the number one thing. You got to be willing to learn. Don't, and don't talk to your buddies. Like I use this one on my show all the time. Don't ask your plumber or your electrician, hey, I'm going to Cabo. You ever been there? Yeah, I was there once. Me and my wife, what What'd you guys fish? Well, how'd you fish? Why, what? Did you just ask <laughs> the plumber that? Dude, if I, if, I need my, if I need to know how to get my toilet unplugged, I'm asking the plumber. If I need to know how to get my plug to work, I'm asking the electrician. Don't ask them to say, you went to Cabo. Was it fun? Yeah, cool. <laughs> but you don't want to know what they know. Back to that whole thing. So be willing to learn. Come down here or go wherever you're going to go. Go to see you. Go to see Brian. Go go, go to see whoever you're going to go to see to go fishing and willing to learn and keep your mouth shut and listen. That's why God gave you two ears and one mouth. Oh, that one's so forgotten. <laughs> that is so people many forget that one right there. Yep. Well, here's the thing, Brian. Here's what I see in my industry of, and gosh, millions. It has to be in the millions of people that I've touched and talked to in my life about fishing. What turns me off as a guide right away is when you come, come get near me and start telling me about all the shit, you know, sorry, I didn't mean to cuss of all the things, you know, already, I don't want to know what you know, dude, I have no desire. I would rather go spend time with my monkey and my wife than listen to you. Tell me what, you know, <laughs> I would have gone to your seminar if I want to know what you know. I don't want to know what you know. You called me up. You hired me. You want me to take you fishing. Please don't tell me about all the things you know. Yeah, there it is. Yep. There you go, folks. There. Leave it alone. <laughs> don't even try. Leave it alone. <laughs> all right, Captain. Last one for you here, and it's a fun one. Yeah. What's next for you? Well, dude, I am... Um, my website, YourSaltWaterGuide.com, we have over 580 how-to videos. I believe 
wholeheartedly. Maybe I'm full of baloney, but I believe I'm the only guy on the planet Earth that has fished for 44 years for a living, lived it, breathed it, father did it for his whole life, who has a website that teaches you how to fish and has, and then if that's not enough, I'll guarantee you I am the only fisherman on the planet that owns an app that teaches you how to fish. Your saltwater guide. There is anybody else that has it. They did something else before they got to this fishing thing to build, to make the money, to build an app. Cause it's not free to build an app, dude. It's a phenomenal amount of money. And to maintain the app every year is a phenomenal amount of money. You have to be fully pot committed. And I don't know any fishermen that have that kind of money or wherewithal to do all that, that fish for a living their whole life. I just don't know, but maybe I'm wrong. Maybe there's somebody out there that's going to prove me different, but, I think that's it to keep making my website and my app better all the time. I'm constantly adding new videos and new content to my app. And also I am out making content all day, every day. We take our cameras with us everywhere we go and whatever I see, I film and then I go home and I look at it and then I send it to my production guy and I ask him if he thinks it looks cool. Cause he's the bottom line. The stuff I think is cool. Most people won't want. I got a, phenomenal video of a 400 pound bluefin jumping out of the water eating a flying fish i got seven views i got me tying up the boat i got seven million views figure that one out i i called dibs on the other one i want, I want to see the first one it first. doesn't make sense <laughs> it's on there you can see it it's on there it's out floating around out there on all these videos but yeah just making videos and keeping the website going and keeping social media alive i'm a freak I'm an addict. Once I found out that people wanted to watch my videos, I can't make them enough. I can't put them out enough. I can't make enough of them fast enough. And one thing I want to warn everybody before, when you go watch my videos, understand, I drip sarcasm. <laughs> so if you, if you can't handle the sarcasm, you definitely aren't going to be able to handle my social media platform. Okay, so I'm going to... And if you can't handle it, don't ask me. Don't ask me to take the video down. Just don't watch. So It's pretty simple. For any of you that don't understand this, just go to his Facebook page, Your Saltwater Guide, <laughs> and hit the shop. That's it. You go to the shop and then view all products. Um, you'll notice some quotes <laughs> that the captain is very, very adept at throwing out there. Um, you know, and I remember looking at this. I just had to pull it back up because I'm like, oh, my gosh, I remember this. But, I mean, like, where where are you? What? Stop fishing for boats. I was like, oh, my God, yeah. I remember this. <laughs> yeah. Where is it? There it is. And there I it know is. your sister's brother's aunt's cousin told you. Mm -hmm. I turned the handle, Randall. I mean, you know, it's yeah. just all of these things. There's the sarcasm. You know it's going to be there, and it's going to be okay. That is part of fishing. Oh, it's part of the humor and the fun. It's just too many people are too, what do you, they're, they get offended so easy nowadays. And I grew up with the TV changer that you had to get up and change it with your hand. And if we didn't like what was on TV, Brian, you know what we did? Turned it off. We changed the channel. Oh, you're turning the channel. Yeah, there is that too. <laughs> yeah, you change the channel. I can't even, I don't even understand all these people that they send me letters and they send me, or not letter, emails and they, they call my phone because my phone number is everywhere. It is. I'm the only guy that owns a website and an app that you can talk to. Find an owner of an app that's going to answer the phone. I answer everyone's call. But 
these people want to call me up and tell me, oh, I don't like that video. Yeah, the one about I'm like, which one? I got 7,000 of them. Which one don't you like? Oh, I don't like the way you talk about tying up the boat. I'm like, okay, don't watch it. It's got seven and a half million views. I'm not pulling it down because you don't like it, sweetheart. Oh, man, it's there. But I love what you did talk about, too, with the app. Because, again, ladies and gentlemen, right there, you've got the supercomputer in your hand. And everybody talks about, oh, I need to learn, I need to learn. This is another one-stop shop. I mean, you got the app, you got the website, you have all these knowledge pieces ready for you. All you got to do is click this, 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 and be, oh, I don't know, willing to learn. And you're going to. It's not that difficult. Right. But, yep. Well, Cap, thank you so I much. So. Oh, oh no, I, didn't, I didn't mean to stop you there. Uh, but we'll get you out of here. You've been on for an hour and 18. I know you do longer than yours, and you've done plenty of podcasts. But I am beyond <laughs> thankful. I've had so much fun. I hope you have as well. But you've done so many great things for this community, and I know you're going to continue to do so. And thank you for that. And thank you for just taking the time to come on the show and spread some more knowledge out there to touch a few more people that will be out there and able to do this and hopefully catch more fish. Thank you so much. Thanks, Brian. I love what you do, and I thank you for letting me be a part of your podcast. It means a lot to me, too. I'm, I'm just silly old fisherman out here just trying to make everybody happy. Well, you're definitely winning. So, All right, sir. We thank will, you, buddy. We'll talk again. All right. Thank you very much. Goodbye, everybody. All right, you guys. I hope you uh, you got as much from that as I did because that was a ton of great knowledge and Dude, Captain's awesome. I, I look forward to hopefully catching up with him someday, and maybe I'll be lucky enough to travel out west and really get that time. So appreciate you. Appreciate you coming back, listening to the episodes. Hopefully they're helping you out. Don't forget to share them out. It helps another person. You never know who's going to learn more. So always a good thing. You've been listening to Finding Demo Surf Fishing. There will be more episodes coming. I'm not going anywhere. This show is continuing on. I'll talk to you all soon. I am out of here. Yay. this for that.